Ahoy, welcome to a brand new episode of Baffled. Your favourite fact podcast is back once again, needing your help to decide whether these facts are amazing or just worth chucking in the bin. My name is Dan. Thank you for being there. I have three. Stuff about the Titanic, about prize-winning sperm, and how someone who hated Sony fixed Sony. Connor is also here. How are we doing? Yeah, we're going to do some facts today about Arnold Schwarzenegger, Messi, the footballer, and yeah, the fact that I think he's probably going to get me fired. Okay, Mark is also here. Uh, this week, how ants will help each other, a singer singing things we didn't realise that he sung, and finally, what happens if you give a dolphin a mirror? Life's big questions. You being fired would imply this is a job. That's not for us to decide. Stick around, it's a brand new episode of Baffled. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Mark, how are you feeling today then, bud? Yeah, a little bit blocked up, I'll be honest with you. I feel fine. I just sound like... Sound like... I'm very nasally all of a sudden. Hey, I've got a problem that I need your help with. Go. Well, You've come to us too. Well, it... Oh, you must be in desperate need of help. It would be like, what would you do? Yeah. I was at the theatre last night. At the where? Theatre. Okay, the theatre, yeah. Did you say theatre? Theatre. He's an actor, isn't he? So, you know. Yeah, yeah, well. I was at the theatre last night. Theatre. And... So smelly. People behind me, there was a like a, a young family, and the mum was like providing an audio commentary to her son, who just didn't understand what anything was because he shouldn't have been at the play because he was like six and the play was for adults. Mm. And I don't know what you meant to do because it was like I understand, like I appreciate it. Anyone can pay for a ticket, you can go, but it was all, and you don't want to say anything, but well, it's also really, really annoying. The first thing you need to think is 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 there a disability there? No, there wasn't. Like, well, then probably just turn around and say, what are you doing? Remember, or not all disabilities are visible. But you can't, like, can you say that? Like, I, I clocked it early on, you know, oh, mum, what does that mean? You know, because they were using big words on stage. Oh, and she would be like, da, 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 da. So this was happening the whole time. And it was like, I can't, I can't, like, I can't do it early on because it makes yeah. me feel awkward for the rest of the show. And I can't say it after, like, oh, cheers for that. Because Did just, you do the little because then what, what use is it? Yeah. Well, you just do it. You sort of look over the shoulder a little bit. You do it a couple of times. I did, a few, I did a few looks. But then, like, I just, it must be really hard being, you not a, like, being a parent. Like, what are you meant to do? Do you not, like, turn around and go, do you not know who I am? I was in Rosemary and Time and Harry Potter for a very You're, small bit. If you watch the Do you know what you're meant to do? Do you know what you're meant to do as a parent? Not take your f- six-year-old to an adult theatre show. Yeah, I think that's the issue. Isn't that it? they don't understand. Yeah? Just yeah. put them in the ball pit and go and see your theatre show. I don't think you're allowed to do that anymore. What, leave them in a ball pit? Yeah. Be all right. But don't bring where, them. Where is this ball pit? McDonald's have them, didn't they? Do they? 
think so. You call just play. Just drop him at a random McDonald's. Hope where? they have a crash and you're fine. Yeah, playing me, innit? Also, if he's six, he's probably a little bit old for just be left. In Hold a on. Uh, where where was this, in, what was the theatre show? Where in London's glittering West End are they meant to drop a kid in a ball pit? Mayflower Retail Park on the A127 has got a playing me in the McDonald's. Anyway, what was the show? Uh, the play that goes wrong. Ridiculous. Why would you take a six-year-old to that? I, I don't would... know. I, that I can kind of see a little bit more than if it was... But what big words are in a play that goes wrong? <laughs> well, it was just like they were saying a lot of complex words because that was part of the gag of the story. <laughs> I was waiting for him to go, it's just those big words. What was the, what, what was the show? Chee Chee Bang Bang. Oh, okay. But, and like they were obviously laughing at the smashing the crashy bits I just I just I just thought I would raise that point you need to you need to encourage these kids Dan it's the next generation of theatre lovers coming should have through. taken a selfie got her in it and put it on Twitter and go if anyone's ever in the theatre with this woman move mm. tell her to take her kid to the yeah, go bit. viral probably or whatever Right, I'm going to take the lead on this one because this fact I, I really enjoyed it get your head around this the Titanic was found as part of a secret mission that was pretending to find the Titanic so they weren't searching for the Titanic. They were pretending to, to hide the true nature of the mission. Correct. What was the true nature of the mission? So, um, uh, the American Navy, <laughs> the Department of Na- the Navy in America, were searching for two nuclear submarines that had been lost that they didn't know where they were, right? <laughs> the thing is, is that this makes so much more sense to where I was. I thought it was a bunch of lads that were like, on a holiday or whatever, and they're like, should we pretend that we're finding the Titanic? No, 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 no. There's actually a lot of Titanic stuff here. Anyway, anyway so the Titanic sunk, I think, was 1912, mm. um, and no one had found it until 1985 is when it finally came out that someone would fa- found it. Uh, a man called Robert Ballard. That's an interesting name. I've got so much written down here that it's just trying me to figure it out. A man called Robert Ballard served as an intelligence officer in the Army Reserved. Then he was in active duty in the Navy. They asked him, they said, can you go down and find these two missing subs? And he said, well, yeah, I can, but I kind of like, I want to find the Titanic as well. And they said, look, there won't be any time. If there is any time trying to find the Titanic... Fill your boots. But that's not what this is about. If there's time, just yeah. go for it. Fine. It's kind of like yeah. when you get sent on a work trip to an exciting city yeah. and they're like, oh, yeah, you might have time to go explore. No, you never leave in that hotel and that conference. Exactly. So, and obviously they wanted to keep this secret that they yeah. were looking for these two na- nuclear submarines. So they told people that they were going down to try and find the Titanic. He went down there, he found these two submarines, then found the Titanic. Did that really quickly, Gerd. He literally did. There they are. It's fine. I'm off to see the the, uh, Titanic now. See you later, mate. Once he'd finished checking on the USS Scorpion and Thresher, he had 12 days remaining. And it was, it's honestly like it could have been more obvious and handy to him because between the two wrecks was a large debris field that littered the ocean floor. So he followed the train, the trail rather, and found the Titanic. Wow. He found the ship's boiler and then eventually the hull. Also, this is something interesting about the Titanic that I found. Um, There is a book that was out a a few years ago who was written by the granddaughter of someone who was on the Titanic. Yeah. And he claimed... Cashing in on that money! He claimed that the... um, Where does it say? The steersman, Robert Hitchens, was actually used to sailing a different type of boat where different language was used. 
So they told uh, him, they said, oh, look at this iceberg there. Make sure you turn left. But the word that they used actually meant right in the type of sailing that he did. So he st- just thought, I'll go straight into the iceberg so anyway. He into the iceberg. Right. Yeah. The, uh, the guy that found... I um, mean, why use your own eyes when you've got someone telling you the wrong direction? <laughs> I enjoyed that, I know. I would question that. There is actually a theory. There is uh, conspiracies online that the Titanic that crashed was not the actual Titanic. Anyway, the guy that... Um, it might have been my girlfriend that was giving directions. She'll do that. She'll point right and go, go left. No, no, no. What girl? And you know, I don't want this to become that kind of podcast, but it's afterwards, isn't it? It's oh, you should have turned left there. Thank you. Cheers for that. The guy that found it, did he know the minute that he went down there that it was the Titanic, or did he have to get something to big neon sign on it? You know, like would you just look and go? That's what I'm saying. How would he know? Like, well, I don't know. I think he had from where it crashed, he had a good idea of where it would have sunk. Not many boats around there sunk. Yeah, yeah, and and then when you go down there and find. You know, a massive ship that's broken to things on the seabed. You, you're putting two and two together. Yeah. But I enjoyed that. So the Titanic was found as part of a secret mission that was just pretending to find the Titanic. I, I like that. Final question on that, actually. Is yeah. it all still down there? Because I don't know. Have they re- like resurrected any of it? Or no, they, they, they keep trying to figure out ways to bring it back to the surface, don't they? I, I guess mean, the problem is... yet it, to figure it out. It's just eroded, right? right? So if you start moving it, it might just all... I think it's probably fairly well preserved. James Cameron went down there, didn't he, in making yes. the Titanic? He went down there, spent a lot of time down there. We've discussed that on the pod before. Wow. Yeah, he also but it's very hard to bring up because it's, you know, very heavy and sunk. Yeah. And also where would you put it? My favourite idea was that someone was like, why don't we put it in a massive ice cube? That's a good idea. Was that a fact on the show? I think, yeah. And then uh, it would just float to the top. Or like a dome and you can go underwater to a dome museum. That's I mean, a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> on the idea that you could use an ice cube to raise the Titanic. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Mark, give us your first fact of the show. Ants will help care for other injured ants after a battle, but mortally wounded ants will refuse to be treated. Right, hold on. Battle and ants is the bit that's got me here. So ants have battles? Is that, ants that's have the battles. first question. Yeah. What's it just like, ants, sort of team ants, and team? Ants will have wars. <laughs> Normally between them and termites. Right. I didn't know if it was like one team of ants against the other team of ants. And No. So we're talking specifically here about African matabele ants. Of course. Um, and they will go and launch raids on termites um, because that is where they want to get all their food from and will basically risk their life in the process of doing that. They'll send out scouts and all that. It's, a ve- it's very thought through. It's incredible. <laughs> but when ants get injured, they will then release this uh, chemical substance, which basically says, oh, I'm injured, and other ants will come and take care for them. But if the ant's like, I'm not going to survive, it's essentially the ant version of, go on without me. It's that, basically. So if I days. stamp on an ant, the scent's out. I mean, if you stamp on an ant, probably kill it. So, so you know. sorry, it releases scents. It will release a chemical substance, yeah. That says, don't bother. No, that says, I'm injured, come and help me. But, so that's the ant's natural yeah. body function that does that. But if the ant is then like, I'm not going to make it, it will say to the other ants, go on without me, leave that? me. It might not. Just through communication. It might be. You know, in the same way that ants but, will talk so, to each other normally. But maybe, maybe what's going on is when an ant wants to be saved, it's sending out this scent. Maybe it's so injured that it can't send out the scent, so it can't tell people it wants to be saved, but it does want to be saved. No, the ants will get there, and then the ant will just send it away. If anyone else is sitting there listening, and they've got a picture in their head of ants wearing balaclavas and sort of planning a raid, you're not alone. Well, a group of ants are called an army. Because I, I agree, I'm, I'm interested to know more about the chemical, but I'm literally picturing these tiny little ants in an ant world wearing balaclavas with gold teeth, strapping well, up well, and going well, around. When an ant termites. is injured and it needs carrying back, it will deliberately tuck its legs in and make it as small as possible so it's easier to be carried. Oh. They're very clever creatures, ants. They are. It's, it's interesting. It always amazes me doing like this podcast, the roadblocks that your mind 
creates. No, it's just I always go to that. Yeah, that. So the world. first interesting thing you kind of stop and go, well, this is good enough for me. No, this is a really interesting fact, but it's where my mind ends up. I just I'm picturing a bunch of ants. Yeah, balaclavaed up and raiding termites. Why have they got gold teeth? I don't know. It's just you know a bit like sort of, you know, rough. <laughs> It's not a posh ant that's doing this raid, is it? No. Give us your first fact of the show. Arnold Schwarzenegger was paid approximately $21,429 for every single individual word that he said in Terminator 2 Judgment Day. There was 700 words approximately overall throughout the whole film. As in, he went to them and said, hey, I well, want to get paid per word. <laughs> Or this is just what it happened to break down. Well, this is the best bit about it as well. I tried to find out, was this how the contract was written? Or is it just the fact that he earned a certain amount of money? And then what? Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Well, he's never admitted it, though. It could be. It's a lot less exciting, isn't it? Yeah. I feel like if you're going to be on a per word basis, you'd do it on a film where you had a few more than 700 words. Exactly. Like you'd be, you know. Like Leonardo DiCaprio in a Scorsese film. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's going to go on for eight hours. Yeah. But it's a hell of a lot of money for not a lot of words, really, isn't it? I think the fact is interesting if that was the contract. Otherwise, well, you could just break down anything and be like, oh, you know, Lionel Messi gets paid a pound for every half second he is on the pitch. Well, you're not too... I mean, 700 words and he's getting paid 15.4 million. Ain't bad. Right. Not bad at all. That's off to that. And if Almost they, how much that made doing the... Oh, no, wait, you didn't get the Cadbury's advert, did you? No. No. And I didn't have any lines in Rosemary in Time either. You had no lines? Well, I gave myself lines. So you still need <laughs> you, you needed a break after it, but you had no lines. Yeah, the industry gets to you. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, acting without words is almost harder, right? Because you have to convey things that you can't do. Yeah, I can't say orally. I'm scared. You have to. You, you know, have to just, really give that impression when you're pushing a wheelbarrow in the background. Do it with eyebrows and mouth opening. Ah, I'm really scared. I think he's uh, a good actor. This guy. There's a part of me though that believes that Arnold Schwarzenegger probably did ask for this. In his contract. I feel like he's that kind of guy. I feel like it was more likely that he got paid a certain amount and went, I'm not saying over 700 words. Well, 700 is the max. Yeah, I think it was probably more he's playing a robot that doesn't speak a lot. And, and also, also, um, you know, we love Arnie, but he's not the, he's not the best like actor like that like you you book Arnold Schwarzenegger especially in the Terminator because he looks badass yeah you know, yeah you don't want him to give his best Hamlet do you no, no I'm, I'm not booking him to do an audiobook no exactly no. yeah no absolutely don't do that put the cookie down almost that time of year to watch Jingle All the Way there you go almost less than three months till Christmas right my second fact is something that I don't really you know I don't want to condone this but it's interesting a man called Robert Graham was a multi-millionaire and he believed the human race was getting progressively dumber. The only way to stop it was by filling the world with Nobel Prize winners, especially genetic descendants of the Nobel Prize winners. So mm. guess what he did? What? He made a Nobel Prize sperm bank where he would get Nobel Prize winners and did their thing. I don't know what, you know, they ain't taking any naughty mags, are they? In a cup, just yeah, in but, case you're wondering. You know, probably reading the latest scientific report and going, yeah. oh, yes. Yeah. So he made this sperm bank um, and tried to get loads of Nobel Prizes, good stuff. In the end, he only got three because the it's public, weird. The, yeah, the public didn't really go crazy for it. You know, it's kind of, it verges on eugenics. It's, it's population control. You think everyone's yeah. being an idiot. How so. many Nobel Prize winners are there? Like, well, quite a lot quite a few people win it right and he did this over 20 years from 1979 to 1999 uh, do you get to choose which Nobel Prize they won I don't think so normally I not. would like a peace winner or an economics winner so all in all 
Not a single baby ended up inheriting Nobel DNA. Yet 217 kids were born from the sperm bank. I think to make it more fun, they should put like someone like Connor's sperm in there. Mm. And then it's a real lottery. You could have a genius on your hand or... Connor. What, uh, I'm, I'm curious as to how many people that had a Nobel Prize actually decided to go ahead with this. Well, as I was saying, I think it was only three. Three. One donor produced as many as 30 kids, which is mental if it's only three. Wow. That's one man. He went for it. Giving 30 kids. Mm. That's terrible for the population. Do you reckon he upgraded to premium for that? He also found that one man had falsely gotten into the bank by claiming to have an IQ of 160. Of course he did. So they didn't even, you know. Didn't even check. Didn't even do the check. And oh, I- you've heard of IQ before? Sure. Come on in, sir. Yeah. I'd be in there like, yeah, I've in got... In fairness, they'd have been overrun with the three other people they had in there. I'd cock it all up. Okay, I'd be like, I've got a QI, like 170. They'd be like, get out. See ya. He also planned to recruit only married women of a certain IQ to carry these special offspring. So this is just a normal sperm bank and then you might get somebody with the Nobel Prize? No, I think it was only... So, you, so it's just got above it, like Nobel Prize sperm bank. You well, go in there. I, I don't think it was a shop. And No. I think it's like a catalogue. Okay. He's recruited, like, he's trying to recruit these very intelligent women, and he's saying, do you want a baby? I can get you the good stuff, the hot stuff. It's like, you know, the stud on the farm. Sheldon in Cooper. The horse farm. Sheldon Cooper. Big Bang Theory, is that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's trying to get him pregnant with that to make, like, an Uber race. Right. So I, Look, I'm glad it failed. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fairly understandable idea from his point. I kind of understand what it's ridiculously weird. Right? I can get what he's trying yes. to achieve, but it's completely mental in the same breath. Yes, it's also, you know, I feel like a lot of leaders have had very similar ideas about controlling things like that. And they haven't gone down well in history. The biggest concern for me is the fact that he actually got three people. That's enough for me on this. Yeah, but... It would have been no for me. Straight away. If I was a Nobel Prize, no. But, you know, there's quite a lot of people in the world. and get paid enough. And they might have got paid and... They want Guinness World Record holders. They're on, you know, they're at the edge anyway. You know, they're, they're at the edge of normal thought anyway. Yeah. So they will think normal things. Well, there we go. Interesting. The, the Nobel Prize has been awarded to 962 people. And three of them gave us burn at the time. Doesn't that just make the Nobel Prize less no. noble? Well, I mean, no, there's a lot of people in the world. Mm. There is, yeah. And, and I think you get and there's a lot mi- of Nobel Prizes every year. And you get about a million pounds for it. Is it a million quid? Something like that. Good value, good value, good sperm. Mark, give us your second fact of the show. If provided with a mirror, dolphins will admire their own genitals. How do they know this? So they Here know we this. Go. Hold on a minute. Let me just guess. Some geezer in Cambridge University called Darwin in 2008 decided to figure it out. Is that it? No, they kind of found this out by accident more than anything. So uh, there is a thing called... What are they looking at? So there is a thing called the mirror test. So the mirror test is a self-recognition test that they run on animals. Basically, it says whether or not animals possess the ability of self-recognition. So how do they react when they look in a mirror? So monkeys, for example, will recognise it themselves in the mirror and then they'll use that for self-grooming, for example. Uh, You get other animals who get absolutely scared at seeing themselves in a mirror right you've probably seen you know like dogs or cats or whatever do that for example dolphins however will use it to look at their own genitals so, so they're very aware it's them they're intelligent enough to recognize themselves and they spend most of their time looking at their own bits how does a dolphin do that well i mean it's probably quite bendy it's in the sea yeah, but... <clears throat> trying to figure out how they well, get in a position they're where they're arching able... backwards, are they they're arching forwards 
But the mirror, where's the mirror then? Well, on- in front of them, and they're kind of bending their... Yeah. They're looking... It's like you walking towards <clears throat> a mirror, except they're swimming towards a mirror. But the John... Yeah, they have to leave this with me, I reckon. This has really confused you, isn't how it? They're, how they're lo- looking at the genitals in the mirror. Yeah. Right, how would you look at your own genitals? Yeah, but mirror? I'm not positioned like a dolphin. But you you pretty much are, because they can be quite straight. Yeah. Well, so they're going to go like swim, 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 like that. And then yeah, dolphins quite up. often be at that yeah. sort of an angle, and then they're an upright are, angle, then, uh, as if they're standing. Yeah. Can they bend their neck? Yeah. Wow. Never knew that. That's the, that's the fact you've taken away from this. A dolphin can bend their neck? Oh, yeah, pretty much. Like that? Well, right. it'll be kind of from the middle of their stomach, I would imagine. Wow. It's interesting. Sometimes it's interesting to, to, like, what, what you take away. Is, yeah. Uh, I was interested by that. I was more curious as to how they look at their genitals in the mirror than the actual fact. Are they admiring or in disgust? Uh, more admiring. So they will they'll kind of do a combination of things. Looking at their genitals is what they do most often. Uh, they will also um, open and hold... They'll also open and hold their mouth wide open so they can look inside their mouth so they can check their teeth. Uh, and they will also closely look at their own eyes as well. So they kind of use it as a bit of a case of, mm, what's going on there? What's going on there? And then, they're, mm, yeah, still got those. Yeah. I wonder if, like, I wonder what they think about their genitals. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I do wonder sometimes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I wonder what they think, eh? It's big, isn't it? Connor, give us your second fact of the show. Lionel Messi could be the world's best footballer. He's not, but anyway. His first contract with Barcelona. He's not. His first contract. He's definitely not. His first contract with Barcelona. You you think it's Declan Rice, don't you? He thinks it's Ronaldo because he's he's on the online. No, no, no. Jared Bowen. Right. So Messi's first contract with Barcelona was actually detailed out on a paper napkin. His first ever contract, FC Barcelona sporting director Carlos Rakash was so impressed with Messi's skills that he wanted to make a contract immediately. There was no paper available at the time, so he'd done it on a contract to seal the deal and then had the actual thing made up. I think this has probably done loads. I imagine so too. That's exactly, that is exactly the bit that I was going to go to next. I wonder how many times this has happened in the world of contracts needing to be done. It happened with me with Baffled, you know. But um, Wait, you've got a contract? Yeah, yeah, but it, it, they worried me. I was in demand. He napkin and that. Well, this was he was brought over to La Masia, um, which was their this their like academy, their their, their big place, and that he was tiny, so I think they had to feed him growth hormones or growth nutrients. I think that that might not be true, but it's something like Is he that. Still taking them. And it's like Iniesta. I think they had to do something very similar with Andreas Iniesta. Well, when this actually happened for Messi in his life, he was only 12 years old. um, And he was obviously way too good to let go, showing the signs of being maybe the best footballer in the world. But yeah, it was actually down to his father. So Messi's father, they were really, really close to signing for Real Madrid at the time. But the actual sporting director of Barcelona was like, you know, we can't let this happen. 12 years old. I don't know if you get pro contracts at 12. I don't know how that works. So they got it on a, Peter, on a paper napkin. It's currently in a museum for you to go and see. And that was the first ever contract that Lionel Messi signed away. Must be nice to be a footballer's dad, I think, sometimes. Oh, yeah. They're just always... Cash when, in. They're always agents. You just yeah. cash in, don't you? I mean, look, have you, have you, have you seen the uh, new documentary on Netflix of Neymar? No. Yeah, ridiculously interesting. Like, you watch it and Neymar's there doing it all and then his dad's there with like a 500 grand watch <laughs> on his wrist. Like, yeah, I'll just run it all for him. Yeah, easy. So Agent like, fees, uh, that's how you get it. Like Hamilton's dad, you just, you just kind of sit in the background just yeah. absolutely raking in the cash. Yeah. To be fair though, out of all of the famous sporting dads, Messi's dad getting a paper contract, uh, paper napkin contract done at Barcelona is probably the best decision that he could have done for him. 
Yeah, I, I I, it's worked out pretty well. Yeah. I wonder if much like the Nobel Prize sperm bank, you could have like a sperm bank where you know they're going to grow up to be footballers and you could be a rich agent dad. Do you reckon they have to do anything either? They just have a chat every few years, kick off in the press in the meantime, say, oh, we want to move, then re-sign a contract to get yourself even more money. Yeah, it's N- true. Not too shabby. I was a good footballer. Right, yeah? Yeah. You know how I talk about Rosemary in time? You do that with, you know... Yeah. S- Close to a paper napkin contract. What, that you <sighs> once wiped your mouth with a napkin? Is yeah, that how for, close you got? Uh, Brentwood A team. Yeah. Yeah, I was in the B team for a while, but yeah. I got a call up one day. How did that go? It was all right, yeah. yeah. A bit more physical, didn't really like that. Nah. We should <laughs> clarify for those who do follow Premier League, Brentwood, not Brentford. Yeah, Brentwood, yeah. Anyway. Hello, sorry to interrupt your podcast. We didn't do that. It's just been magically done for us. We do a podcast, which I think you might like if you like this podcast. Our podcast is called The A to Z of Men with me, Chris Brooks. And me, Scott Robinson. And what's the podcast about, Scott? I mean, what we're doing really is giving you an insight, a delve into the male mind. We're going through the alphabet letter by letter. I submit a word, Chris submits a word, and we battle it out to see what word goes into the A to Z of Men. And you can get us wherever you get your podcast podcast from just search for the a to z of men i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You can get in contact with the show, by the way. If you head to baffledpod.com, everything that you need is there. Um, who's said hello? Uh, we've got an email in from Emily, info at baffledpod.com. She says, hello, I absolutely love the podcast and have binged all episodes. It's been great to listen to you three bicker and laugh. Sometimes I think Connor gets a hard time, but his innocence is hilarious. You don't have to sit in a room with him, Emily. <laughs> a fact many people may not know about paintball is that it is that it. <laughs> Yeah. Is you it? Know, it? I stay up at night. Um, oh, I yeah. wish I knew more about Wait for paintball. this. It's actually quite interesting. A fact many people may not know about paintball is that it originated in the 1960s when Charles Nelson of the Nelson Paint Company invented a paintball marker. 
It was then used by cattlemen and loggers who would use a paintball marker to mark cattle and logs more accurately from longer distances. The first official game of paintball wasn't until 1981. Look forward to many more episodes. Many thanks. Emily. Interesting fact there, Emily. You see as well, you've entered my world. You instantly opened your fact up. Dan started laughing. It turned out to be pretty good. No, what no, I enjoy no, is that no. for 21 years, they were using it to, for like an actual practical thing and someone went, bet we could have a war with this. I don't have a... No, no, no. I wasn't laughing Probably at Probably some ants. I knew that the fact would be good. I, I, I was laughing at the, the, you know, the premise of... Did you just hear that? Uh, no, I... You do learn. Just please, just cut that out. <laughs> you um. So bad, so bad. You're too much of a joke judge here. No, really? Someone no, that, that someone, that for someone who brings I no laugh, hilarity other than just their general being. I laugh at jokes. You make funny jokes. Mark makes some funny jokes, but that is all. Did you just hear that? Paintball was brought into the world by ants because he <laughs> referred back to ants battling. It's good callback. Yeah, it's good callback. <laughs> it's, it's called a comedic technique, Connor. You should learn some. Listen, Emily, I, I was I was laughing at the idea that um. I wanted to have a fact about paintball. It's quite a funny introductory line. Thank you very much for getting in touch. Um, info at baffledpod.com for the email, or you could just go to baffledpod.com online and figure that all out. Last fact of the show. Let me tell you about Norio Olga. I'm going to, you know, I will mispronounce this name. Norio Olga. Norio Olga. Anyway, the founder of Sony hired an outspoken critic of their products so they could make better stuff. And he became the president 20 years later. So someone, Norio, uh, kept writing letters to Sony, to the president, slagging them off, having a go. And you know what happened? They hired him. They said, well, if you think you can do better, you can do better. And they hired him. And he was instrumental in making CDs. And then 20 years later, he became the president of Sony. Wow. Hey, you need someone who's going to be blunt and honest about the I state don't eat of that the company. In my life. No, I like sugarcoat. Okay, I'll make sure that I don't give you honest appraisals about yeah, the podcast. Man, I can't. I can't take it. So he must have. Yeah. So he's obviously a bit of a nerd as well. That he's slagging yeah. off Sony. He's not like me. Just going. Oh, it don't work. He's yeah, going for it. Well, I think if anyone sends a letter of complaint, you're a bit of a nerd. Yeah. Two, three, four, five, multiple letters like nerdy or. Okay. I mean, if you spend if you send a letter, you're a nerd. No, I think you can be. You're in touch with it, aren't you? Do you write letters and send them? It depends who too. Even though, yeah, thank you, Les. Yeah, really? Yeah, send a thank you letter. You pop don't. Him, his mum still makes them. Pop them on WhatsApp. He's very ungrateful. I've always had that. You're an ungrateful person, Connor. No, I always send him a lovely WhatsApp message. Cheers, Con. Yeah, cheers. Good to see ya. With the uh... just has to remember to replace the name in the copy and yeah. paste. Thanks very much for the lovely gift. Beers on me next time. See you soon. All my love, Con. Two ch- clinking glass emojis. There you go, Con. Yeah, Con. Copy paste. Copy paste. Copy paste. Copy paste. I'm saying. If you were a bit more, uh, you know, thoughtful, you could be hired by Sony. Pretty cool. I mean, but you've got, you've got to have the talent to back it up in you, really. Yeah, that's where you'd fall down. I, compl- so- I can complain all I want, but I would be finished if they went, we'll come do it better. Well, uh, that sorry about that. Yeah, Mark, give us your last fact of the show. The singer of the Gummy Bears theme tune is the same guy who sang Adult Simba in The Lion King, and it's the same guy who is the lead singer of Toto who sings... The song Africa. So, I don't know the Gummy Bears theme tune, so you lost me immediately. I'm so lost there. What, what, so, we've got so Gummy the, Bear the, theme Gummy tune. Gummy Bears was an old cartoon. I um, it was something you eat. I mean, it was also that, but it was an old cartoon. So, hang on. The guy, the lead, the guy who sing, the, the lead singer from Africa, yes. it's going to take a lot to drag me away. He was the guy Him. who sings. Sings all the adult Simba bits in The Lion King. I'm a Gummy Bear. 
No, that's a different song. Oh. Well, I don't know the Gummy Bear theme tune. Let me see if I can find it for you. I've got it here somewhere. Patty Silvershire. This one. The Adventures of the Gummy Bears. It was like a cartoon when we were younger. I never saw that. I quite like this. Let me get to the big thing. See, they don't make him as good as that anymore. So yeah, so he is the lead singer of Tio Tio Toto, who also sang Africa, who also was the singer for Simba when he was an adult in the night. Previous to this podcast recording, you were telling me that Watermelon Sugar by Harry Styles is alright, but that for you is a bit of you. I mean, if Harry Styles had put that on his new album, it would be the biggest hit. No, you you have to think about the purpose they're serving. If I'm nine years old or whatever it is and I hear that, bam, I'm in. In the yeah. 90s. Yeah. Is it as good as SpongeBob though? Yes, better. It's very good. Incomparable. Incomparable. I would say of a level. Thing is, here's, you know, my hot take. Don't like the song Toto by Africa. I don't like the song Africa by Toto. Michael course, Silvershare, yeah? Of course you're that person. Also, he's the son of John Williams, so helped write some of Star Wars music with him. Helped write it? Yeah, he did some of the, uh, like the Ewok celebration, helped write some of the lyrics. I've that. said his name four times. It is Michael Silvershare, right? No, Joseph Williams. Brilliant. It's interesting that he's, he's quite a presence. Yeah, I don't really know who he is. Yeah, I didn't know his name until then, but it turns out he's been across a load of stuff. So yeah, he's the son of, son of John Williams off of Star Wars and Jaws and Jurassic Park. I think you could be annoyed if you're him doing the voice of, the, well, the singing voice of adult Simba. Yeah, and you don't get any credit, and everyone thinks it's Matthew Broderick or whoever it was. Yeah, because he obviously did the speaking voice, and then they just kind of assume that. But no, different. Can't they give us your last fact of the show? Should we wrap this one up then, lads? Yeah. yeah. In a hundred years, Facebook is going to be full of dead people. What? But yeah, of course it is. There we go then. But it'll be but, uh... fact or not. <laughs> <laughs> is it real news or not but, yeah. is it a fact or not Dan Simpson if tell me if, it, if it's still around it will still have a life so it, no it's not a fact no because it won't be full of them of course it will no it won't no, be it won't, because there'll still them. be people as, as Dan says if, they're still a, if it's still a thing then it means that other people are using right. it therefore other people will be using it who are alive therefore it won't be full of dead people in 100 there years there will be people who used it who are now dead therefore their accounts may still be on Facebook however it will not be full of and, them. He, makes, he sometimes and, makes me want to just disappear. And they might remove them in the next 100 years. They might maybe. figure that away. So it's true. Yeah. 100, in 100 years, if your then, account isn't active for enough time, then maybe they just disable it and archive you, you know. In 100 years, your dead nan may still be on Facebook. Yeah. Great. Good, good way to close the show. Yep. Yeah, welcome. There you go. Thanks, mate. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode. Uh, what have we learned? Well, your dead nan's on Facebook, ants battled termites, and the Titanic was found as part of a secret mission that was only pretending to find the Titanic. What a lucky break. It's baffledpod.com if you want to get in touch, and we'll see you next week. Say goodbye, Mark. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Connor. Thanks for being there. (laughs) Uh, Yes, don't take your young children to the theatre and then talk all the way through. If you're going to take them, just let them live. Let them be free. See you next week. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.